Welcome back to the Big Ass Cornhole Podcast, where we are joined by ACL director and Cleveland Cornhole legend Dave Weiser. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me. You, you can't, like you, intro? Yeah, you're not allowed to scoff at Cleveland Cornhole legend. We've heard the the lore, all right? Legend, the legend lives on, I guess. Yeah, we've, we've seen it for ourselves. Absolutely. So this interview has been a long time coming. Um, you even you text me every once in a while because you know, you do actually listen to our show, which we appreciate. And your name has been dropped by several people we've interviewed along the way, so listeners should be familiar with your name by now. Yeah, it's crazy when I listen and somebody brings up my name. Like, uh, who who do you think would surprise you on the cornhole board? Do you know who? Dave Weiser. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't know me anymore. That's all I can say. All right. I'm uh, bored. Absolutely. So those, are, those that aren't familiar, Dave's an ACL director and runs our Cleveland Cornhole League. So can you give us just a little bit of background on how you first got involved in playing and then um, you know running the league and everything? Yeah, so as far as playing, I was a uh, competitive softball player like many other cornhole players. Um, happened to be a pitcher, so the natural motion of throwing strikes with a softball just kind of naturally flowed into I bet you pitched, did you bag. pitch knuckleballs the whole time? Uh, not the whole time, but if you know if I got ahead in the count, I would try to flick one up there and oh, just hope it moved enough to throw a guy off. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I started in 2008. So uh, I just heard from a guy, a friend at work, and I worked out. I work out in Mayfield that he played in a cornhole league in Parma, which is like right next. To, I live in North Royalton in Ohio. So okay. so I joined the league and. I mean, the rest is kind of history. I also ended up hurting my back the next year, so softball career pretty much ended pretty quick, and cornhole took over. <laughs> I mean, even though cornhole players are extremely athletic, I mean... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I could, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of people scoff at uh, at softball, but, you know, I just played my first game this past Sunday on Cito Soto's team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my back was on fire yesterday like yeah. i had trouble getting up like out of bed in the morning but i'm good now I, I i still find i'm resilient at 30 years old yeah i don't i don't miss playing a tournament where you play like 10 games over a weekend and then you can't walk on monday i don't miss that feeling yeah so this was just two that. games and i i almost cried <laughs> i actually took tylenol and i'd never take tylenol so yeah i was hurting so dave you were um when you played you played it up you know pretty high level correct yeah, but I mean, high level back then isn't what it is now. Yeah, but I know, but like, I mean, as a player, you know, who was always like your toughest competition? I mean, I know you played against some of the bigger names, right? Yeah, so around here it was uh, Gary Lewis and uh, Ron Kugel. Gary Lewis lives about an hour east, I think, and Ron Kugel actually lives a couple hours away. But they would travel this way or we would travel their way, and that was usually the, I mean, typically probably the top two teams in the area for a couple years. Um, but I, I still remember the first, uh, you know, kind of regional tournament, the ACO. I drove down to Cincinnati because ACO didn't have anything in our area. And, and who's there but Mad Guy. And uh, I was lucky enough to play him, like, in the Final Four or something. And they didn't even have scoreboards down there. So people were watching the game, had no idea what the score was. I thought I was throwing great. And after the – it was the best two out of three. I lost two games to none, of course. <laughs> but people were coming over to me, man. Man, you threw so awesome. What were the scores of those games? I'm like, I lost like 21-3, 21-4. <laughs> so, I mean, the guy's always been a machine ever since I've known him. So, But, yeah, he obviously he's been the best for a long time. Your claim to fame in Cornhole is that you lost to Matt Guy twice. Hey, man, like, 
Many, hey, there's worse things to be famous for, right? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I did beat him in a two out of three once, but I didn't win the tournament. Yeah, he was up here for Michelle Cahill was running a, a tournament, and him and Brett came up. And uh, in singles, it was best two out of three in the winner's bracket and single game in the loser's bracket. So I beat him two out of three, but he came back and won the tournament, so he still got the last lap. <laughs> <laughs> so you had mentioned before that you've been you haven't you don't play nearly as much anymore. Okay, you're primarily running the tournaments and stuff. But obviously, the the bags have changed so much since when you were playing all the time. Are you surprised with how crazy the bag market has gotten? Uh, yeah, I mean it's gone super crazy. I don't even I don't even follow it a lot anymore. It's gone so crazy. You know, I, at first, when the ACL came up with this idea of bring your own bags, as a director, as a player, I was all for it because I'm a soft thrower, so I want a faster bag. Um, and, you know, sometimes you go to a tournament, you don't know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. So as a player, I would have loved it. Um, I never really got to enjoy it because it came along after my career was pretty much over. <laughs> but <laughs> as a director, I absolutely hated the idea because I thought it was going to cause so much controversy. Like, you know, oh, so-and-so's bags can't be legal or feel these are too light or measure these are too small or too big or whatever. Um, but so I was very happy to find out that that simply isn't the case. Like in three years now, I've had like one set of bags challenged ever. People, people are like, you know, it's good. Let's play. So um, I've been pleasantly surprised by uh, how the bring your own bags has progressed. It's got to um, save. Sure. It's got to save you a little bit, though, as a director from having to haul all the the you know the bags for tournaments and stuff, though, right? I don't haul them. I don't have to buy them. You know, you yeah. know, we play so much cornhole here that I'd have to buy. You know. 16, you know, if I got 16 sets of boards going, I have to buy 16 sets of bags every, you know, four to six months probably. So it saved me a lot of money, and it's actually saved me a lot of headache and grief of you know, carting them around and things like that. So, and, you know, you would I think it. it would save us as players money because we wouldn't have to pay extra for tournaments. <laughs> but now these sets of four bags, I mean, they're going for 100 200 plus dollars on the market right yeah. now. I mean, it's, 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 it's unreal. It's crazy. I mean, I think I, if I was a player now, I'd probably be one of those people that carry at least 12 bags with me everywhere I go, you know, slow, <laughs> medium, and fast. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know a lot of you guys carry a lot more than that, so... Uh, you know, you know, you just don't trunk, look at Sean's yeah. trunk. It My weighs his car down. It's ridiculous. So it just as, like, going, just touching a little bit more as, like, as a player from, like, that side of it, are you surprised that the game has gone to more of a faster bag? for long tournaments <laughs> it does make for long tournaments especially especially the top level they uh well there's a lot of reasons for it but yeah. you know long games long games bag bag for bags a big one bag for bag i mean and just the level of consistency so we had talked about this i don't know if you we were if you watched the the pro invitational from this last weekend but the the specific match i was talking about was the lucas jr versus timothy pitcher match in singles these guys won five or six straight rounds without missing a bag and most people might think that's kind of boring, but to me, like I just admire how consistent these guys can be, 
time after time. I mean, because I think like the, my best ever has been like maybe three straight four baggers, and these guys just made it look like they're not even trying. And to me, that's just right. what's so crazy about these guys. And he did that like at home when no one was watching. That's yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you got proof of that. Not on no, video. I, mean, I will say, you know, I know all these broadcasts have been round limited, but yeah. round limit adds another level of challenge to it and interest. I mean, we've had a couple games come down to the last bag. I think in both cases, the player meant for the airmail for the win. Correct. And unfortunately, didn't make it. But I mean, you don't see that in a game that's you know. Going up to twenty one. No, I mean you. You like ah, I'll just play it safe and see what happens in the next round. Um, I, I mean, I guess they could have done that, but they went for the win. They I mean, just this past weekend, I think Rockwell went for the win for an airmail. Yeah, Rockwell I mean, was one the last one to do just, it. I mean, just just barely missed it. So no, I I do like it. It does add a little bit of strategy. Um, I think that people, unless it's at the end of the game, they're not taking as many big chances as they might. You know, because some people don't mind being down twelve nothing, because knowing that you know they still got to give up nine more points, and you know they can kind of change their strategy from there. But it, it's just a different feel for it, so I'm excited to kind of get back to the the old school. But I get the TV limitations and all that stuff. I get it. No, I mean I think I think most players have at least been around for a while. They're all going to say they want to play the twenty one, and I, I understand that. But yeah. it's nice to see both versions. I think when we get to uh, back to the world, um, they're probably going to go back to showing the games up to 21 but yeah. obviously from a tv perspective it's very difficult you could have oh, a game yeah. that lasts five minutes you could have a game that lasts 30 minutes yep that does not bode well for tv not at all <laughs> and they could just they just don't need to do it live you know record it and then just chop it up you know like they do for golf sometimes you know hey yeah, yeah. you know he shot a just just show like the sports center highlights sometimes of matches till it comes down to the nitty-gritty that's all you need so you run the Cleveland Cornhole League, okay? And it has to be, I'm, I'm assuming, it has to be like one of the biggest leagues. I mean, we obviously think it's like the best league in the country. How did you get involved running the league? Yeah, so obviously I was a player for a couple years, started in 2008. And then I think in about 2010, uh, Jim and Michelle Cahill, who live here in the Cleveland area, they've been running the league already for like six or seven years. And... You know, kind of got burned by the other organization, um, and also got burned out because I'm. I can relate to that right now. This is my. I'm about to go into my tenth year of running stuff, and I'm a little burned out. Okay. But you just had a nice it. vacation. You're fine. Yeah, that should recharge recharged. your batteries. You're right. The last three months, I have not complained about. I'm, that's all I can say. <laughs> three months off of cornhole hasn't been too bad, but. Um, so anyway, in 2010, they kind of reached out to me to see if I'd be interested. You know, I've been plugging their ear with ideas for a couple of years because that's what I do. <laughs> and sometimes they live. Sometimes they took them. Sometimes they didn't. I don't blame them either way. Um, but so yeah, in 2011, I kind of took over uh, the cornhole in the area. They called it Northeast Ohio Cornhole okay. or NEO Cornhole. I just changed it to Cleveland to put a different name to it okay. and a city to it. Um, and at that time, I actually called. I actually started some of my new ideas right out of the gate. I started something called the Ohio Cornhole Tour, which was just me driving around Ohio, mostly Northeast Ohio, but I also drove down to Southern Ohio and just ran blind draws. And okay. if you want a blind draw, you qualified for the championship event at the end of the year. That's cool. Slowly, slowly build up a pot, and so that was pretty cool for a few years. I mean, it had a pretty good following for a few years. Maybe but we'll then, steal uh, that. Uh, where's that at now, Dave? <laughs> Uh, he's a busy man Sean right? <laughs> maybe maybe some podcasters could pick up the slack and maybe start something there, themselves 
Yeah, I mean, there's other smaller versions of that yeah. that are still still going on, you know, in like one location. But I mean, once the ACL came around and now running these monthly events with 150 people and then traveling around, helping, trying to help them run national events, it's uh, that's more than enough for me. <laughs> so sticking with the Cleveland one, just for a second, are you surprised with how big it's grown? Because just even since we've joined the league, I mean, it's had to have grown by like 30, 40 teams, I think. Yeah, well, definitely on, uh, so we run the on Monday Mondays, league yeah. and the Thursday league. Uh, the Thursday league was kind of struggling, for, struggling, you know, with 30 teams. Yeah. I guess some people wouldn't call that struggling, but it was pretty flat. And then all of a sudden, boom, like in a year, it went from 30 to 70. So, um, yeah, a lot of that is I, I like to try to at least try to make everything fair, have get people to come and play a fair number of games, um, against competition of their level. So, you know, you don't have to come if you're a new player and play the pros and lose 21 to 1. Or if you're a pro, you don't have to come out and play a new player and win 21 to 1. Neither one of those are really fun. So, you know, I've designed the league to try to have different levels. So, you know, if you're here to get better and to move up the ladder, then just keep coming back. And if you're winning, you're going to move up the ladder. And if you don't care about moving up the ladder, come. Drink, have fun, whatever you want to do. We, do, we try to do a yeah. little bit of everything. <laughs> we definitely drink. Or do it all. And we have some fun. We also we, we get angry sometimes, but that's just our Irish blood. You know, it boils when, once beer is added. It's it's nature. I mean, it's, it's science. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. The, the, the issue now is we've kind of maxed out on our location as far as how many teams we can have without, you know, reducing you to coming and playing like three games a night. That's no fun. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the next step is. I've been looking for a giant I think we just need to all pitch in and buy one of the hangars at Hopkins Airport, (laughs) and then we'll be good. IX Center would work. IX Center would work. That's wave. Jinx. And it's close to us. I mean, we're in Berea. I could walk there. (laughs) All right, so you, you touched on it a little bit about, like, not having like you want people to play the same level that they um, in the league when they come to it just to make it enjoyable. Um, I mean, I think you have one of the hardest jobs of being a director, and you have to prevent people from sandbagging. Um, <laughs> how do you know when it's time for a player to move up, and uh, is there ever a way to prevent it? I mean, that's a tricky question for everyone, especially you know the ACL came along and offered multiple divisions which on a national basis that had never been done before. So, I mean, I have to take all things into consideration, or at least I try to, you know, I I take league. If you play in my league, I take that into consideration as to where you probably belong. And then by just by coming to these regionals and seeing how you perform. So I do track, I, I have a spreadsheet with everyone's results from every month that they've played in, in the ACL with my, my events. Um, and I have a spreadsheet with my leagues every session that I've run to see where people have been. So I have a basic feel like where you belong. Um, but if you come out, the only tricky one is if some person I've never seen before drives into town and joins and signs up for intermediate or whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, if the yeah. system says they're intermediate, I can't stop it. But right. guess what? You're only going to, if you're sandbagging for real, you're only going to do it once. Like yeah. you will come in and walk through intermediate. Well, I'm going to move you up immediately. In the, in the system so no other regionals will have that issue but it, it's tricky some people every look 
as long as you have the visions, there's going to be people saying that so-and-so doesn't belong in that division. That's right. just the way it is. Yeah. Because guess what? You may have played intermediate for three years and never won. You come out to this one and you win. All of a sudden, you're the winner. So guess what? Everyone's saying, well, he won. He should be playing competitive. And I might be saying, he's been playing regionals for three years. This is the first one he's ever won. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not moving him up. So, yeah, sometimes a, a I mean, blind squirrel finds an acorn. It's all right. <laughs> right. So, I mean... <laughs> he's just he's just kind of you know trying to tell us subtly that you know we we're that pure we're those people right now but hey i'll tell you what if if you ever get a name i don't know if you've ever heard of him but a guy by the name of reggie reichs don't let him play intermediate he's he's gonna come here to cleveland i keep giving him shit to get out here and come to a region he's from iowa so if you ever see him come up and he signs up for intermediate give him shit and tell him he's got to move up i will try to remember that name <laughs> I think one of the cool things about like our league, though, especially, or just even in like the regionals, and it's just the level of competition. There's so many good players. I mean, even our intermediate division, there's some really, really good players there. Yeah, it's it's tricky because you know, especially like in January and February when we were having record attendance at our regionals before the stupid virus came around. You know, I was people are coming out of the woodwork. And they're like, well, you know, I'm really good. I beat everybody in my backyard. You, pro- everyone said this story, right? Yes, yes, they <laughs> I beat have. Everyone in my backyard. I think I should be at least be in the competitive division. And I'm just like, just come and play intermediate and see There's what you're really made of. Players in intermediate, and if you just walk through it, lesson learned, you'll play competitive or even advance the next month. But I don't think that's ever happened. Maybe once where somebody just walked in and they truly were. I've never heard their name, never seen them before, and they were truly were like competitive. Give me, give me a name drop. Who is it? Who's the one time? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it hasn't happened in a while because intermediate just keeps getting better, so it's even harder to do. <laughs> so um, you're obviously you're an you're an ACL director. I wanted to touch a little bit. So we had all this. Obviously, this crazy COVID stuff, which I think is a wor- the world trying to stop because we finally did well in a competitive division at a regional, yep. and then all this and stuff like, happened. No, sir. All right. But you also <laughs> were you were also running some virtual tournaments. How was how what was that experience like? Um, as a director, after the first one, it was great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's something about not having to get there like you know seven thirty in the morning, setting up, being there for thirteen hours. You know, just sitting at my computer, you know, answering questions, um, entering scores. That That's not bad. But, uh, yeah, I get it. As a player, it's not that appealing. I mean, some people some people really got into it. Yeah. But the masses didn't really get into it. I mean, it, it peaked there in, like, April. And then it's, I mean, once started, things started opening up, weather got better, people were more willing to play live here or there. It's, it's gone down quite a bit. But, you know, it was an effort to keep people interested. Um, so it, it filled a need for a couple months. You know, absolutely. I just thought, I just wanted to, I just didn't know um, your perspective as like a director and, you know, how different it was going live versus this. I mean, it had to be somewhat relaxing, I guess, I would, I would assume. Yeah, like I said, the first one was actually, the first one, like two hours in, I'm like, why am I doing this? Because there were just so there were, like everyone was new yeah yeah so people were posting videos in the wrong place they didn't know how to enter their <laughs> results into the acl bag tracker and it was just like stress all stress just all came back real quick <laughs> but but maybe after the first three 
you know, once somebody's played one, they're good to go. So the last few that I've run have been really smooth. So, yeah, it's, it's usually like on a Saturday, I'm like watching Cornhole on ESPN while I'm running a tournament. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is kind of sweet. <laughs> well, Dave, i got to tell you, I didn't realize that you had, you had such a, a hatred for setting up those tournaments uh, for, like, you know, in, like, live tournaments with real people. Sean and I are going to start showing up early. Give us a better draw. Hey, we'll see what we can do. You hey, can we're, we're, we're two able-bodied men. We can set everything up for you. <laughs> you just you sit on your throne with your laptop. Just give us a good draw. Uh, I think the future is I'm just going to schedule them, and then I'm going to hire you guys to do all the setup and run it, and I'll just pop in, see how it's going, and leave. Hey, I'm down with that we'll, as long we'll as I can still the, play. We'll start doing the live feed, the broadcasting and stuff. <laughs> well, there you go. There we go. Uh, so, um... Speaking of ACL, like regional stuff, you hosted the first regional tournament since all this stuff went down. How do you think it went? I think it went extremely well. I mean, I think we chose. I think we chose a good venue because we had the option to kind of like have the big. We had big industrial doors on the side of the gym open to kind of give it more of a fresh air outdoor feel, but still covered. Um, most of the players had no issues. Well, everyone wore their masks by the end of the night. You know, there was a little bit of cheating on the masks, I guess you might say. Yeah. But, um, it's because so. of the alcohol, but the alcohol kills COVID, so they're fine. <laughs> yeah, so by then, yeah, everyone was good, right? Um, but I thought it went really smooth. Uh, I was very happy with it. I, we kind of kept the numbers down on purpose just for safety reasons, and really I wanted to see how it would go. Um, and it went well, so we are allowed to run them in July. So in July, we're going to be back to trying to run three divisions. And Dude, I'm itching to get back, see what man. I, I just, I, I, I need to get back. I want to play. I'm dying. I, I'm just, I'm really ready for it. I was so jealous that he got to go at least play in the blind draw. I'm, uh, I'm very, very ready to do this. Yeah, and you know, like being a player out there, like it was, it was very well ran. Like well, as, as every tournament is that you run, but nobody. You made it very apparent, like, hey, you got to wear your mask on the board. At least when I was there for the blind draw, everyone wore their mask. Um, I saw the Purell pumps really going hard. Everyone was uh, was getting after that too. So, I, you know, I tried <laughs> just just for Dave's enjoyment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was very well ran. And you know, for the first regional, I thank you for finally getting one out there. I th- you're one of the first ones to really let a regional rip. Um, I think there was only like, I've only heard of like three others before this one, so that was cool. Yeah, oh thanks. Uh, so, I mean, some states just don't allow it yet. Yeah. But, and and I'm, look, in Ohio, there's already been several big events. Yeah. So they went first. You know, I really didn't want to go first. They seemed to go off without a hitch, and they weren't even requiring masks and stuff. But you know, it just felt right to require the masks hey, for the record when the sanitizer all around yeah when when the cleveland national got canceled we had a blind draw at the drury hotel i haven't heard of anyone coming down with covid from that and there had to be 150 people there so <laughs> no, no. sure yeah. <laughs> wink wink no i was really i was really kind of worried <laughs> something might come out of that but nothing did which is awesome yeah you know so when you look back you know we probably could have got the cleveland you know if the county hadn't shut it down we probably could have got it out and Probably wouldn't have been an issue, but you know, at the time, I mean, it is what it is. The timing, oh, yeah. the, mean, the timing of that was just simply unbelievable. Yeah, it really was. Hopefully, Cleveland yeah. will get another chance to show, you know, to show up a little bit, and you know, fingers crossed, and it'd be really cool having it in our backyard. That would be nice. I, I just felt bad for all our players because this was our chance to shine. It, it was, was going to be the big, biggest cornhole event ever, and 
shut down. I know. We had so many hats to sell, we didn't even get the chance. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of ACL and everything, they re-signed with ESPN for the big TV deal. They extended the contract and everything. Where do you? I mean, obviously they had to be huge for the growth of the game, right? ACL is obviously doing very, very well now. Where do you see the game in five years? Like, do you think it's ever going to get to the point like where professionals can actually make a comfortable living just playing? I mean, I think that's the goal, right? Do yeah. I think it's going to happen? I mean, I hope so. I, I think it will. I mean, maybe not for a lot of people. Yeah. But at least, at least for. Few, yeah, I mean, I don't see them making like MLB money, but they're going to be making you know decent enough to, you know, enough to live off of. Exactly, yeah. I think some of them can do it, and I really think, you know, other than Cleveland losing Cleveland, and then obviously basically two other Nationals. um, From a Cornell perspective, it's been it was a great break because look, you got four hours on ESPN, mostly ESPN, some ESPN too, for six straight weeks or seven straight weeks. No, I yeah. mean, no, and they want it because there's no other live sports. And yeah. guess what? The ratings are solid enough where they keep wanting to have it come back. So as long as the ratings keep going, um, I think definitely some Cornhole players can make a living in the near future. Well, in the summertime, too. So, I mean, it's it really is like the perfect timing. I mean, so people are going and watching this on TV and be like, oh, hey, I need to go buy a cornhole set. So it's not even just great for the ACL, but for the growth of the sport and small businesses in the cornhole community as a whole. I mean, it, they've got to be blowing up. Yeah, that's crazy because, you, you know, players weren't even playing for three months, yet I'm hearing about, you know, cornhole companies doing better than they've ever had. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which Part of that's the crazy. boredom, though. People have the time to search for it now. They're just like, oh. I, I mean, I suppose, but I guess, you know, 15, 20 people, 20% of the world or the U.S. is out of work, so they don't have money, but they're still buying cornhole bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not they're not spending five hundred dollars for a set of bags. Dave. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna jump we're gonna jump off topic here. All right, so we're gonna throw some random questions at you. Are you mentally prepared? I have no idea. All right, here we go. All right, that's, that's what that's the attitude we like. Okay, favorite sports movie. Favorite sports movie? I don't know. I've always liked The Natural. That's okay. going back hey, ways. Hey, it's a classic, so. man. I love that one. <laughs> All right, favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite athlete of all time? I don't know. I usually say Mark Price because that's what I, who I wanted to be someday. Really? But, <laughs> so where did that go? Where did that go wrong? <laughs> um, you know, high school I started about half my games varsity year, so that didn't really get me many college offers. So <laughs> that's where it ended. <laughs> you can you shoot and still shoot a mean free throw? Uh, yeah, I can shoot, but I can't move, so I can't jump. I've never been able to jump, so that's a negative. <laughs> All right, so here's your, your Cornhole Cup dream team. Any Cleveland Cornhole players on the rise that uh, people should look out for? So dream team or on the rise? So go, go first, the, first yeah. the, the dream team first. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll go with your dream team first. So this is from anywhere? Or from this is Cleveland? anywhere you want. Crew Cup, Dream Team. Whatever's in your heart. You can put yourself <laughs> well, you, on it if you want. You can go with the hot ones, like Les Van Allen put on a show. So throw him on there. Okay. Trey Birchfield's on fire. I'll take Trey Birchfield. I mean, Matt Guy's still the man. I don't think, I've never beaten him in a tournament, so okay. that puts him up there. So 
How many are on this dream team? Four. It's, it's too four. Many already. Yeah. Four. You four. have three so far. I need one more. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Gary Lewis. He doesn't play anymore, but he was the man. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, a <laughs> little flavor there. All right. So, let's say you're playing one match. All right. Million dollars on the line right now. What bags are you throwing? tricky question because I haven't thrown all I really haven't thrown anything except whatever you know I walk up to a board and practice and whoever I'm standing next to I'm like can I throw your bags <laughs> <laughs> you tell me you don't uh, have any cornhole bags at your house like from uh, back in the day that you would just feel comfortable go playing I, I wouldn't feel comfortable anyway but <laughs> I mean I'd probably, I'd probably throw whatever Reynolds fastest bags are because okay. I know Reynolds always makes the best stuff and uh I want a fast bag. So. That actually, that'd be I'm, the exactly. no, that'd be the blackjack uh, <laughs> diamond oh, well, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go that, way. Yeah, that, that is a freaking fast. Yeah, Troy Hauser. Troy Hauser says hello, by the way. So yes, yeah. <laughs> Troy's a good guy. All right, All right so, hang on before ahead, before you go, go into the the next one. I want your I want your Cleveland Cornhole Crew Cup Dream Team. Yeah, currently. Yeah, just, right now. just just guys that play in our regional. It doesn't yeah. have to be technically Cleveland Cornhole, but guys in our regional. Um, I mean, I said Trey Birchfield before. I'll yeah. stay with Trey. He's hot. Uh, Brandon Corwin. Yeah. Taking Brandon Corwin. I'm going to take Chucky Love. And then the fourth one, I mean, I'm, I'm going to add some female flavor to it. We'll take Christine. Yep. Tough. Uh, hey, that's a that's a that's, that's a, a smart solid, move. Yeah. Yeah. A <laughs> it's a tough lineup to beat. Yeah, all right. So what I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to know: Are we ever going to get a reenactment of your daughter's trick shot from you? Um, no. <laughs> again, again, I am fragile. So even if I try it, I'll probably hurt myself. So. Dude, that was really cool, though. So she made it on ESPN. She had to be pretty excited about that. She was very excited, I mean, and she it's won one of my favorite trick shots. Contest. Yeah. So I'll. All Cornhole sending her a set of boards, and they did a design of her um, that kind of mimics her shot, and That's it's going to go on the board, uh, and a set of bags. So when they get here, she's going to be super. So she'll she'll be so. the future Christine Papke then. Um, she'll probably never play, but she'll have that <laughs> set of boards and bags the rest of her life, so she can. Remember. Hey, it's wall art now. It's wall art. That's <laughs> so fine. If those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Dave's daughter. Um, her name again? Haley. Haley made this incredible shot where she balanced a bag on her foot and flicked her leg over her back for all of you really athletic, bendy cornhole players and airmailed it. It was incredible. I mean, to me, like, if you add up all the trick shots everyone's been doing, I mean, that's still, to me, it's right up there. Yeah, she came up with it herself. I just told all my kids, I'm like, just just do a trick shot. You know, it doesn't even have to be anything fancy. You know, trick shots for good, raise a dollar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she went out there, came up with it, the idea herself, and then... I mean, she worked hard. She she did it probably for like two and a half hours. Wow. And she okay. had, with probably a couple of like twenty minute breaks. But okay. hey, you can quit. you can tell when she, she finally hit it though, man. Yeah, I mean, she that was emotion. Like, that's that's it, what it's that's I'm what it's going about. Back out there, and then ten minutes later, she's back out there, and she had a bunch of close calls, like bags that just rimmed out, you know. Um, but when she finally made it, yeah, I mean, she got emotional just because cool, she tried so hard, and she finally made it. That's like, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was, in my opinion, it's, a, it's the greatest trick shot we've seen so far. 
A lot of people have been thrown through their truck windows and stuff. Come on now. Like, let's see. I mean, honestly, I think the only cornhole player I know that could maybe mimic that shot would be Chad Braun because he is the athlete. <laughs> he is the greatest cornhole athlete. <laughs> he is, absolutely. So, Dave, do you have any other, like, what are your hobbies away from cornhole and running all this stuff? I mean, you have all this free time, obviously, so what do you like to do for fun? Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I don't, I don't even get out to just go to a blind draw or, or when when I can. It's like, you know, I've seen enough of cornhole, but. I don't know. I'm into dance now because all three of my girls, I have three kids, they're all girls and they all love to dance. So I try to make all their, all their stuff. They do competitive dance. Okay. Um, I attend, uh, my brother actually, uh, his, his job is reporting and working for USSSA for softball. Okay. He goes, he travels around the country and, um, helps them not necessarily run the event, but report on the event and okay. set up live streams and stuff for the very top level of softball. Like these guys are getting paid to play. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, so every once in a while I'll make a trip with him and cause I still have a love for softball in oh, my yeah. heart, even though I can't play. I expect to see <laughs> so, you on Sunday morning then. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be watching from the stands if I'm there, but please do, you know, watching these guys at a softball 450 feet, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, man. Some of these guys can just hit the ball country miles. It's, un- it's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's pretty competitive, too. So I- I'm a competitive guy. That's why cornhole, just like everything else, you know, you guys talk yeah. about it all the time. You know, whatever sport you used to play, but you can't play it anymore, cornhole might fill that void because you can play it competitively. Absolutely. Um, Heck yeah. I-, I haven't played poker in a while. I used to love to play poker, but okay. once the government banned it online, I, I basically... Basically, long story short, they banned it the night before my third daughter was born. So okay. I played online. I played online for seven years, and that was my second job. I actually made pretty good money at it. There you go. April sixteenth, twenty eleven, or April fifteenth, twenty eleven. They said no more. You can't play that anymore online if you live in the U.S. And it just so happens I had just taken over cornhole at that time. So uh, it was meant, it to, was be. meant to be. I think. It was. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> It was meant to be. It was meant to be. All right. Well, hey, do you have any uh, anybody you want to shout out? Uh, hey, I just want to thank all the Northeast Ohio Cornhole players um, for uh, all the support over all the years. Uh, I know the last three months have been tough for you guys. Yes, I have enjoyed it, but I have missed seeing all of you guys. So <laughs> it was nice to see a lot of faces at the regional this past weekend. Um we're going to do it again in July, this one hopefully bigger and better, maybe even at a new pretty cool location, but that's still up in the air. Okay. Um, and I'm hoping to get you know get back at it in September with leagues and stuff, but who knows who knows what this virus has in store. But yeah. And props to my wife because she lets me do it all. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, right? <laughs> Always got to shout out the significant other You're for smart sure. Smart man. Smart, smart, smart man. Well, Dave, hey, thank you very much. Well, we know your schedule is crazy busy. you got kids and a wife and family and all that stuff. And, and dance. And dance. Don't yes. forget dance. Jazz hands. Go Don't forget here. dance. <laughs> so we, we, we do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I've wanted to do this interview for a while. We had originally set it up for, the, it was supposed to be like that Tuesday after Nationals, and then, um, yeah. So, Things change. Yeah, but I thought <laughs> this would did. be a cool opportunity right after the first regional and after you ran some virtual events. I thought you'd have some cool takes. So thank you again. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. Thanks, thank man. you. Take care.